Well, as we move into um, Easter time, where we celebrate the greatest event in human history, uh, the death and the resurrection of our Saviour Jesus, and by far the greatest event that's ever happened on the planet. Uh, I thought I'd speak to us a little bit about the power of that time and what it means to us. And uh, I'm going to speak to you today about the blood of Jesus. All right. Uh, who knows there's power in the blood of Jesus? There is wandering, working power in the blood of Jesus. I remember uh, the dean of our Bible college was preaching on the blood one particular Sunday, and I was sitting in the front row listening to him. And, um, and, and as he was talking about the power of the blood, listen to this. The, uh, a, and I don't know how or when, but a red, not, not blue, not yellow, not green, a, a red balloon had got caught in the rafters. We don't know how long it's been there. We don't know how it got there. And as he preaching on the power of the blood, a red balloon floats down the exact time in all of history it could have floated down and a, like a drop of blood falling from heaven. I want to tell you, there's power in the blood. All right, You can't make that up. You can't orchestrate that. It was just this red drop of blood falling down behind him. And I think if we understand how the blood works, we'll have more faith when we speak about it, when we sing about it, and when we use it as a spiritual weapon against darkness. So I've called today's message, Blood from Heaven. And uh, you know, you've got to think about it. You know, blood in its own self is a very strange and mysterious substance. Uh, and how it affects us is, uh, is amazingly complicated. You know, the, the sight of blood can, you know, excite our baser side, you know, in a, in a boxing match when somebody hits a really good punch through and a bit of blood shows me, oh, great. You know, um, uh, uh, when there's uh, in uh, bullfighting in Spain and South America, when the, when the uh, matador stabs the, the, the bull, people go crazy. There's a sense of, because we know it's something special about blood and yet we know on our finer side, who we, we really are, we know that if we see blood, it, it, it can mean pain and tragedy. Uh, it can mean death. It triggers in us uh, concern, fear, compassion. Um, I remember a long time ago on a horse riding trip where a, a girl had fallen off the horse in front of me and she it landed on a rock face first. And I turned her over and her head was, her skull was split. And I remember taking off the belt uh, I had on and tied it around her head to stop the bleeding until we could get help for her. And, and I was thinking, I, I was like, I've got it. And we got it covered. She was all right. And then as soon as I had stopped helping her, I felt faint. I was like, oh my gosh, what happened? You know, like, that's it. You know, a friend of ours, he was watching his wife give birth to their first daughter. And as the baby started to come out, he just fainted. Just <laughs> fell straight on the floor, passed out. It's amazing the effect blood has on us. Um, <laughs> when I first met Lee, she was working at a, working at a blood bank. You know, they, they, so they take the people's blood and... and um, and I was a new boyfriend, so I thought I'd better go down and do the right thing, give some blood. You know? So I got there, and she's introducing me to all her friends, and hi, hi, I'm Mark, yeah, I'm the boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we get the needle in, and we're given blood, and about three quarters of the way through, Lee decides to show me how much blood I'd given. So she picked up a bag full of my blood and said, look, great news, and that's the last thing I remember. <laughs> Not such a great start. Anyway, you know, like I woke up and there was a coffee and a biscuit, but it's amazing how blood affects us. Um, and, and you know, and we all know that without it, we can't live. Blood is a carrier of life. I want you to hear that today. Blood is not life. Blood is a carrier of life. 
it carries life within us. Even uh, scientifically and biblically, it looks Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. So number one, is life is in the blood, and it's the blood that makes atonement or forgiveness of our soul. In verse 14 of that same passage, it reiterates it. For it is the life of all flesh. Its blood sustains its life. In other words, there's a very clear picture here that, that blood carries life and without blood you have no life. The reason we have blood banks is that we give our blood from our life to somebody else so they have life. That's why we do it. So blood carries life. And that's going to be very clear in our thinking. In some cultures, um, back in the day, uh, they, they would drink the blood of the animals that they hunted, uh, like a bear or a puma. Why? Because they felt somehow, they, they knew that if they took that blood, it carried the life of that animal and it would give them the strength of that animal. That was their thinking, because life is in the blood. You know, like, remember, vampires. They're always after you. I am Count Dracula. And I've come to drink your blood. Why? Because I grew up in a day when vampires were the baddies. Today, they're the, we live in a strange Anyway, the point is, they're the goodies. Now, but the point is that there's a sense of that life is in the blood. And in the beginning, God breathed life into Adam. He created him with his own hands breathed life into him and it initiated the blood flow in our bodies. And to this day, we breathe in oxygen to keep our blood flowing and to keep us alive. But the, his breath wasn't just natural. So when God breathed into us, he breathed natural life into us, but he also breathed spiritual life into us. And both are contained in the blood. There's power in the blood because it brings natural life and it brings spiritual life. So our blood is both natural and spiritual. It's actually the connection between the divine and the human is in our blood. The agent for all life is in the blood. Scientists, doctors know much about blood except how it provides life. Because it's beyond science, it's beyond chemicals, it's the breath of God in our blood that brings spiritual and natural life to play. Even in cloning, when we, we're so smart, we can clone animals and do things. It's reproducing something. It's not creating something. God is the creator of all things, right? He creates this, this sense of blood, and the blood carries the life of all things. Blood is a supernatural substance at its very best. Now, the Bible says Jesus comes and he dies on a cross, he sheds his blood for us. Isn't that what happens? He comes, he dies, and he sheds his blood. Blood, and that's why we have uh, we have tattoos of crosses on, on your arm, or you've got a chain uh, with a cross on it because it represents uh, the death of Jesus. I, I I would have found it fascinating if he'd died by another means, like if he'd been hung. You'd have a you'd have a tattoo of a noose on your wrist, or or if it, would, or if, if it had been lethal injection, you'd have a chain with a, a syringe on it. But it was, on, it was on a cross, and I don't think it was coincidence that he died on a cross. I think it was the plan of God, and we'll get to that in a minute. But the Bible says he comes, he lives, he dies, he sheds his blood. So why, why did he have to die? 
haven't you ever thought of the possibility that God could have saved us another way? Like God can do anything and yet the way he chooses to save humankind is that he sends himself as a human being, all right, to the earth to walk amongst us. And if that wasn't enough, he then says, well, the way to deal with the mess down there is that I must be crucified and die and shed my blood. And that's what I want to hit today is that why is this so powerful and why did it happen this particular way? All this pain, all this tragedy. You think we celebrate Easter and it's the death and the resurrection of our Saviour. Well, there seems there was no other way. Our dilemma was so bad that God had to give all that He had to save us from ourselves. So Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22 says this, And according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood. And without, listen to this, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission or forgiveness of our sins. There's no way to deal with the condition of the human heart without the shedding of blood. Now that's significant, right? That there's no other way to deal with it. And every problem we face on this planet boils back down to the condition of the human heart. It doesn't matter how smart you get. And I I am for science. I am for education. I understand politics has to be in place. I remember Winston Churchill, the great Prime Minister of England, he said this about politics. He said, uh, he said, democracy is the worst form of government there is, except for every other one. In other words, so I understand we have need for these things, but none of them deal with the condition of the human heart. It doesn't matter how smart we get, how educated we get, how scientifically advanced we get, unless you can deal with here, the world's a mess. That Jesus is our only hope. And it comes by the shedding. We are so smart. I mean, I've got a watch. I haven't got it on today, an Apple watch. And I bought it as soon as I could talk through it as a phone. I mean, because I grew up watching Dick Tracy. And that was his superpower. Man, he had, a, he had a watch, he could talk to other people. This is Dick Tracy calling Go Go Gomez. And uh, I, I bought that watch. We are so smart. I mean, I could, I, Lee can ring me, call me while I'm surfing. Not that I would answer, but she could call me. You know, but it doesn't deal with it. We are so smart, but look at the condition of our planet. And nothing's changed in 2,000 years. We got smarter, we got more educated, we got more science, and the world's still a mess. The only thing that can help humankind is the shedding of blood for the remission of our sins. There's no forgiveness. So let's back up a little bit. God makes mankind. Oh, Rick, are we allowed to say mankind anymore? What about humankind? Human No, we can't say that either. What about person kind? Person, it's got a son in there, we can't say that. <laughs> God made all of us. This is the world we live in today. I, I'm, I'm going to do a series on uh, how to thrive in Babylon. Because I'm telling you, the world has gone mad. It has gone mad. We're walking into a new world that doesn't make any sense. That was once evil is now good, and what was now good is evil. Welcome to Babylon. We need... Jesus. He, he, he makes mankind, breathes life. Then Adam, mankind, they turn their back on God. They decide, you know what? We can do this without you. That's historically what happens. And look at the planet we're living on right now. How did that work out for us? Not so good. The spiritual connection between man and God was broken. The world becomes a mess. Violence, 
anger, sickness, disease, selfishness, addiction, pride. It goes on and on. The largest industries on the planet are still, to this day, illegal drugs, human trafficking, all right, pornography, arms and munitions. You notice not on the list there's greeting cards. It shows you the condition of the planet that we live on right here, right now. The world needs help. Some hoping desperately that aliens will turn up. Hoping they turn up. Well, I just got to tell you some news today. He's been and gone. Our out-of-world visitor came 2,000 years ago. His name was Jesus Christ, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. He is the alien that's going to save the world. And it's so strange that he came because our answer that he brings is not just himself. He's only on the planet three years. But I want to tell you, the answer that he's bring is contained in the blood that was in his body. The answer that God sent was not just the man of Jesus, but was contained inside of him in the blood that ran through his veins. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. In Him, Jesus, we have redemption through His blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. Here we start to see what the blood carries in it. An answer not found in human endeavour. We are unable to fix ourselves. It's not possible. But our Creator is well able and moved by His great love. He, he saw the mess mankind was in and He didn't throw it aside. He said, I've got an answer. His name is Jesus and I'm sending Him right there. So His great love, He intervenes. Now, the thing about Jesus, and this is a blended family if I've ever seen one. His mother is human. <laughs> his father is divine. And that's a blended family. She's, she's a teenage girl. And now the Spirit of God abides in her and on her and impregnates her. So right now we've got this son of Jesus, the son Jesus who's about to be born into the world, who is now part human and part God. But the significant fact about that is, is that what he carries inside of his veins is not just human blood, it's God blood as well. And this is significant because our answer from heaven doesn't come just in the form of Jesus. It comes in what's inside of Jesus, and that's his blood. It's so important to understand this. <clears throat> so now we have God in human form, within him the Holy Spirit and the blood of the Creator. And this is why it's important. Remember we, we stated before that blood carries life, right? So you need to understand that if blood carries life, then what sort of life is God blood going to carry? Not human blood, but God blood. Let's have a look at Hebrews chapter 9, verses 11 through 14. But Christ came as high priest. The good things come with the greater, the more perfect tabernacle, were not made with hands, that is not of the creation, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once and for all, having obtained eternal redemption. For in the blood, if the blood of bulls and goats, the ashes of the heifer, sprinkling of the unclean, sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience and your dead works so we can serve the living God. So it's very clear 
that what saves humankind is not the person of Jesus, it's the blood that was contained in his veins. And this is significant. We got to, it wasn't, there's no power in the, the blood of goats or bulls or ourselves. It is what we need to understand is there is God blood now on the planet that can change everything. In it, in Jesus is the next step of how mankind receives redemption. So what happens? We've got Jesus on the earth. He's carrying the answer. You, you will notice that he went around healing the sick. He went around proclaiming the gospel. He fed thousands of people with food. But the Bible says his face was set like flint to the cross of Calvary. So his mission wasn't just to heal, it was to get crucified. His cross was there. He, had, he, he couldn't stay on the earth healing. And you know, he had to go there because something that he carried from heaven had to be released from the spiritual domain to the earthly domain. And he had, he had to get this God blood out of him. That's the important thing here. That's why, um, that's why he got pierced. That's why he was broken. If you, if you, if you see the picture of the cross, you, you see that, that nails go through his hands. He's pierced. You, you, your nails go through his feet. He's pierced. They put a crown of thorns on his head. He's pierced. At the end where he's about to die, they stick a spear into his side. He is pierced. Why all of the piercing? Only one reason. The blood that came from heaven was not to stay in Jesus. It was to enter the earthly domain. Because it was the blood that carries the power to change the heart of humankind. It's that blood has to be released. So he can't just come and bless. It's got to be released. The step is, that's why he was crucified. They had let the blood out of his side, out of his fingers, his arms. By the shedding of blood, we now see salvation available to all that live on this planet. Um, Matthew chapter 27, verses 50 through 54 This is, he's on the cross, he's been crucified and Jesus cries out again with a loud voice and he yielded his spirit. Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth quaked and the rocks were split. Graves were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised up and came out of their graves after his resurrection and they went into the holy city and appeared to many. And so when the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and the things that had happened. They feared God greatly and said, truly, he is the son of God. Now, I want you to see what's taking place here. We see Jesus being pierced and crucified. That blood is slowly dripping down his arms, slowly running down his body. And finally, it hits the cross. And eventually, that blood starts to drip on the ground. And when it drips on the ground, an earthquake takes place. That's how much power is in the blood. All right? and, and, then, and, then it, and then it's so powerful, it affects the skies. And the sun goes dark for a minute. And we just read it back in, in that last scripture. Not only is there something natural where everybody can see taking place, but in the spiritual world, there is a picture of Jesus on his knee, cupped in his own hands with his own blood saying, God, they are forgiven. It is finished. It is done. That's our, that's our redemption right there. He cupped his own blood in his hands. And, and as he's doing that in the spirit world, in the natural, that blood's hitting the ground. <laughs> and it's earthquakes. Then it digs a little deeper. The blood drips a little deeper. Then it starts to wake up dead people. 
You're not hearing me. It starts to wake up dead people. It starts to get into the ground. And, and it starts to go down and dead people start to raise up and, and then it starts to spread. And then two miles away at a temple, the curtain at the temple is ripped from top to bottom, proclaiming the goodness of God is now available to all of humankind. All because the blood was shed, all because Jesus was pierced. The blood released brings power, brings love, brings healing, brings hope, brings deliverance brings forgiveness. The very DNA of heaven has been released on our planet. God life is being poured out through God blood all over our world. Jesus was the vessel. He had to be broken to release heaven's power, heaven's treasure upon us, the very blood of God himself. New life, salvation, victory over death, it's changed everything. Man now has access to his creator and heaven's power and love has access to his creation. Jesus said himself, I have come to bring life. And what he meant by that, he says, I've come to bring my blood because blood carries life. I've come, you shall have life and you shall have it more abundantly. From my death, from my bleeding, from my piercings, you can have new life. And it doesn't stop at the cross on Good Friday. That was, that was his demonstration of how much he loved the world. But on Easter Sunday, when Jesus is resurrected from the dead, he says, this is how much power I have to change the world. We don't worship a dead hero. We worship a living Saviour. His name is Jesus Christ. Even death couldn't hold him down. And for those that have accepted this truth, Jesus' blood is still at work in our lives. It has been, we have been eternally altered by the power that was released 2,000 years ago by the blood of the Lamb. We even, we even saw a snippet of this take place in um, Gethsemane. Do you remember when Jesus is praying before his death and, and, uh, the, the, um, and the disciples were supposed to be with him but they were asleep? And... Uh, and the Garden of Gethsemane was a place of pressing. That's where they pressed olives to get olive oil out of it. That was where he was praying. And it's this incredible picture of Jesus being squeezed. He'd go to God and, and say, God, isn't there another way to do this? He'd go to the disciples and they were being asleep. He was stuck. He was being squeezed spiritually and naturally. And the Bible said it was so much pressure on him that when he sweated, it wasn't sweat. It was drops of blood. It was the beginning, it was the indicator of that the blood had to come from his brow, his life to change humankind. His blood given to bring you life. His resurrection proves he is God. And for those that haven't accepted that truth, for those that haven't taken that step, I've got such good news for you today. God is not mad at you. He is not angry at anybody. He's wanted to save us all. Doesn't matter what we've done, where we've been, what we believed, he's just waiting for us. Look at Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 12. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. 
You know, I, I read that passage of Scripture, and I've been a believer a long time now, and I, I still get excited at the grace of God over my life. And that all I've done and all I've not done, the things I should have done, the things I shouldn't have done, and yet He's still saved me through that time. He's not mad at us. He's not angry. He said, I mean, all should be saved. He doesn't distinct between Gentile and Greek. He says, you all can come and just call upon His name. The blood of Jesus might be precious, but it's not scarce. There's enough for everybody. There's enough for you right now. There's enough for you in 10 years' time. There's enough for each one of us. So today as we close, I want to acknowledge those that are believers here today and say, hey, when you sing about the blood, know what you're singing about. When you start to pray about the blood of Jesus, understand why it has power. So you can stand there and declare, you know what, that blood dripped on the earth and people got raised from the dead. That blood has never lost its power. It's available for you and I today. And maybe you're here today and you're not a believer. Uh, You might have grown up in church. In America, that's the case. A lot of people grew up in church and life took them in a different direction and their relationship with God got tarnished along the way, stuff got in the way and not bad people, just mess got around them. But you can make a decision here today to change not just something, but everything about your world. And uh, you can come back, like I said, doesn't matter what you've done, where you've been, this blood was shed for you. And I I would love to pray for those who would say, you know what, I I need to restore my relationship with God. I've never made that decision. I want to believe. Just like that scripture says, I'm just going to believe today. I want to pray with you. Online, if you're viewing with us, joining with us, you can make that decision right there, right where you are. So when we close our eyes, bow our heads today, just quickly. Lord, for those that know you, that blood is still working in our lives. But God, for those who don't know you, what a moment, what a time to make an incredible decision that won't just change something, it will change everything. And today, I'd love to pray with you. If you're here today, in your heart, you go, you know what? I need to recommit, reconnect, or I need to make a decision to believe. This is your moment. I love you right now, right across this building. If that's you in your heart, and again, eyes are closed, heads are bowed. But if that's you saying, you know what? Pray with me today. I want to come back. I want to believe today. Would you slip your hand up and give me a wave? You know what? Include me in that prayer today. So look from the front to the back, from the left to the right, looking for that one person, that one that would say, you know what? Today is my day. As I look one more time from the front to the back, from the left to the right. Lord, I, I don't know the hearts of every person here today, but you do. And for those that are on a journey towards you, let this be one step closer today. Let them have a a picture, a revelation of the power of salvation and how wonderful God is to every human being. God, we thank You. We love You. Let Let us, those that have been saved by His blood, bring light and life to the people around us. God, let us be not just decisions, but disciples for Jesus. God, we thank You and we bless Your name today in Jesus' mighty name. And all that agreed said, Amen and Amen. Give the Lord a great praise offering today. God bless Pastor Aaron.